Welcome to another episode of the Deborah Health Report, where we dive into current health and medical topics to keep the Delaware Valley informed and updated. The conversation continues with cardiothoracic surgeon Dr. Joseph Kostick about preventing, diagnosing, and actually curing lung cancer, and why it's not just a smoker's disease. Here's Rasa Kay. Hi, I'm Rasa Kay. We continue our discussion of lung cancer now with cardiothoracic surgeon Dr. Joseph Kostick, Director of Thoracic Surgery at Deborah. Lung cancer is one of the most frustrating of diseases as symptoms so often show up only after it's already wreaked major havoc in the lungs or spread to other parts of the body. Coughing that persists, worsens, or even brings up blood, chest pain, wheezing or shortness of breath, fatigue, unexplained weight loss, they all point to high suspicion of tumors in the lungs. But Dr. Kostick tells us that the outlook for curing lung cancer has never been better, curing it, with clear protocols for screening people who could be at especially high risk for lung cancer to catch it early, and improved tools and treatments to combat it at later stages. At Deborah, it starts with a war room of cancer experts. Well, Deborah has a unique program called our multi multidisciplinary oncology group meeting in which a radiation oncologist, an oncologist, a pulmonologist, a surgeon, a pathologist, and a radiologist all meet and review the case and the x-rays before we see the patient. And that way, once we see the patient, we can outline a total plan for them in one visit, including some or all the modalities that we offer. We do look for those patients with early stage lung cancer, and we hope that a surgical outcome will be the best. We always look to operate and remove the tumor if clinically possible, and if not, and sometimes in conjunction with, we use chemotherapy and radiation. Is lung cancer curable? Can you get, if you get in there and you get that tumor out, is that person considered cured, or is there a management protocol no matter what? The diagnosis of cancer can be devastating for anyone, including lung cancer, but it's certainly not a death sentence. We have been able to make significant strides and cure lung cancer. How do you prevent lung cancer? Well, generally good overall habits. If you're a smoker, please stop. I know it's not easy, but there are many programs out there to help you to stop avoiding secondhand smoke, and generally a good overall healthy lifestyle with good nutrition. You know, you were talking about the environmental and the particulate um, that can contaminate lungs and lead to cellular changes and, and all of that. So I'm thinking about all this masking that we've grappled with and gotten used to or abandoned or, or whatever if we take smoking out of the equation. I mean, should people in certain environments where the air particulate um, is linked to lung cancer, should they learn to love masking? I mean, if they live in an industrial area where there's ash or soot in the air, is masking a benefit in terms of as a possible preventative? Although there have been no significant scientific studies that have been performed to prove that, it kind of makes sense to us. Um, even if we look at industrial regulations and recommendations, People in the um, construction industry and others now are wearing masks for their jobs that we didn't know about 20 years ago. It does make sense that if we are in a particulate heavy environment that we protect as much uh, of the inhalation of particles that we possibly can. 
someone who has been treated for lung cancer and say you've cured it, would you send them out with masking and, and lifestyle changes? Yes, I think that would be a good recommendation. Um, although I have no significant scientific studies to back that up, it kind of makes common sense. Yeah, take care of your lungs. Yes. Like really, really consciously take care of your lungs. Um, so who should be screened for lung cancer, um, smokers and non-smokers? We were talking about the, the CT scan and the pack years, I guess is the term. Correct. That's the term I came across in the research, the pack years. And that has been upgraded too. It used to be you could be a smoker for a longer period. I think those numbers have gone down. So how do you determine specifically who should be screened? Well, when we look at uh, lung cancer screening programs that are currently available in the United States, we are aiming for those patients who are 55 to 75 who have had a pack year smoking history. That is one pack per day for a year of 30 years or more, or those people who have smoked for 15 years and may have even stopped within the last several years. If we concentrate on that group of people, we can lower the incidence of lung cancer by about 20%. You know, to me as a non-smoker, the idea of a pack of cigarettes a day. I couldn't chew a pack of gum a day. But you must have heard of people coming in with like outrageous smoking habits. Several packs, up to three and four a day. What about cigars? Cigars have the same type of noxious stimuli chemicals that are involved in them. And they have just the same stimulation to the lung tissue as cigarettes. There's no safe cigarette as far as lung cancer risk. I'm not sure there's anything we can inhale into our lungs that is safe. So the care plan for people that have survived lung cancer? We are going to obtain yearly follow-ups, CAT scans every six months for the first three years, and then yearly thereafter, and check markers in the blood to make sure that there's no recurrence of the tumor. When lung cancer metastasizes, where does it tend to go? Could it go anywhere? It can go anywhere, but most commonly will go to the lymph nodes inside the chest, the brain, and oftentimes bone. Wow. So how would you tell your patients to lower the risk of their cancer progressing or even coming back? Is there a way to do that? Do you send them home after you've had that multidisciplinary meeting and say, and by the way, you're going to drink five gallons of strong green tea every day or, you know, start upping your exercise? Or are there things that we can do to make our lungs healthier? There are certainly many anecdotal stories out there of hypervitamin therapy and green tea and other things. But truthfully, exercise a healthy diet, and avoiding any noxious stimuli to the body, not only to your lungs, but to the rest of the body, will overall improve our overall health and be able to help us fight the lung cancer and any other diseases that are currently occurring in our bodies. But okay, so aerobic exercise then, the more you can huff and puff, the harder you can huff, huff and puff and stand it, is that, does it follow that that's better, that's healthier lungs? I think exercise within moderation is probably the best answer. Um, we put less stress on the body than tend to wear and tear parts less and get the same, achieve the same benefit. What's on the horizon? What's got you jazzed in terms of locating, diagnosing, treating anything to do with lung cancer? What's out there and what, what's got, got you excited when you're reading the journals? And I am very excited. 
DeBoer will be starting its robotic bronchoscopy program. And that is a robotic arm that will allow us to place a tube inside your lungs to reach virtually every area of the lung to perform biopsies on many of these nodules and spots that we see that will aid us in the earlier detection of lung cancer and being able to treat it better. What's the difference then between robotically? Do, I mean, because bronchoscopes have been around. What is bronchoscopy for? How, has, how have you been doing it before? And how is this going to make, make it better, easier, more precise, less difficult on the patient, all of the above? Bron- bronchoscopy in general is the placement of a tube into the lung airways, but we have certain limitations on that. It can only go so far out into the lung tissue And once we get to a certain point, it becomes somewhat of a blind procedure. The robotic bronchoscopy instrument allows us to use a CAT scan guided map and allows us to go out much further in the lung tissue and be able to directly look at that tissue because the camera is so small and be able to reach nodules even less than a sonometer in size any place in the lung and biopsy them. All right, so nitty-gritty on, on some of these procedures. Are you entering between ribs? Are you going in through the nose, down the, the trachea? How are you entering the lungs to get at all of this? This is an outpatient procedure that we will go in through a breathing tube placed in your um, trachea and will avoid any cutting or surgery on the patient to make these diagnoses. When you do have to do surgery, though, you, you will sometimes have to get get under the rib cage, or you have to open the rib cage. you got to, like, remove ribs, or how to... Here at DeBoer, we champion a minimally invasive approach to lung surgery. The traditional thoracotomy, the big incision with the spreading of ribs, has been the gold standard for many, many years. But with the advent of newer technology, we are able to perform the same operation, oftentimes through two or three one-inch cuts in between the ribs. Amazing, rib-saving surgery. I'm guessing then recovery is massively shortened. The average length of stay for my patients for lung cancer surgery is two to three days. And then they go home and, and have to chill out. Within one or two weeks, they're usually back to full level of activity. Diagnostic stuff uh, out there in, in the lung cancer wild? We still struggle with the diagnosis of lung cancer through a biochemical assay. Tumors of certain parts of the body, particular colon and breast, have tumor markers that we can readily identify in the bloodstream. We don't have that such animal for lung cancer yet. Not on the breath, not on exhalations, none of it. No, we work, strive every day to make the diagnosis easier, but we are left with surgical and bronchoscopic biopsies as our mainstay. Because air is the medium, it, it would be in the blood too. You know, l- lung cancer, oxygenating blood. I mean, if there were issues it, that would show, it could show in the blood too, and it just doesn't. It doesn't for lung cancer, and that's part of the problem. So it can metastasize. If it metastasized to these other organs, would you get a clue about it? Or We can often indirectly find... Um, Examples on x-ray that the tumor has spread to the bones with destruction of bone, but again, no biochemical marker for that. So you might find bone cancer and only find out afterwards that, oh, well, it's metastasized from the lungs. 
patient may come in with a painful back or leg or hip and in our investigation find out that's indeed lung cancer. All right, so why come to Deborah then for lung cancer treatment? I think when you tend to specialize in something, most people would agree that you tend to get good at that process. And here at Deborah, our physicians, our nurses, our technicians, even our administrators work every day to cure diseases of the heart, lung, and vascular systems. And I think it's important that you go to a place like Deborah because this is what we do every day. That's cardiothoracic surgeon Dr. Joseph Kostick, Director of Thoracic Surgery at Deborah. If you or a loved one wants to learn more about lung cancer treatment at Deborah, and if you're curious about who should get screened for it, take Deborah's Lung Cancer Quiz at mylungscore.org. Join us for our next podcast focused on a health issue you'll want to explore and maybe get ahead of. It drops the first Wednesday of the month. I'm Rasa Kay. You can always listen to all of the informative Deborah Doctor interviews at DeborahHealthReport.com. Schedule an appointment at DemandDeborah.org.